This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. If, if a brand tries to play middle ground and everything, they're going to hit nobody. So they, a brand needs to not be afraid to like be loud and outspoken about who they are and what they believe in. And that's what's going to speak to your customer base. So that's my biggest, my biggest point is that, you know, when you're trying to create this company, like people just try to serve everybody and that doesn't work. And everyone, and they try to market to everybody. It doesn't work. You have to really be specific in who you are, what you believe in, what your core values are and how you speak to your customers. This was Lisa Vogel, who I hustled to get on the show. Because the idea of starting a brand that is catering to the Muslim population, specialized in hijabs, and launching it successfully at Macy's, to me, was fascinating on many levels. In fact, Verona Collection is the first modest fashion brand to be launched, featured, and sold in an American department store. Lisa is a young, passionate entrepreneur driven by authenticity. I greatly enjoyed this swift interview with her about her brand's strategy, and I believe you'll be able to notice. Before jumping in, I want to thank the latest supporters of the show, Sam Gregory, Max Bernstein, and Ash, who I will speak to on June's mentorship call. Join us by going to patreon.com slash hittingthemark. And now over to my delightful conversation with Lisa. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So it's Ramadan and that's a huge, huge deal for you um, and many others. Uh, so thank you especially for being here. This is a pretty big deal for you. Thank you. Yeah, I think when, even when I think we scheduled, I completely forgot it was going to be Ramadan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we fast from morning sunrise to sunset. Uh, it's considered the most blessed month in Islam. So it's a very special time. Wow. So um, I, I hope you're going to keep your energy throughout the next 20 or so minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully I won't fast. Oh, you get used to it. The first like, couple of days of fasting, uh, like it's caffeine withdrawal because I'm a coffee addict. You know, oh, yeah. but then you get then you get used to it. So uh, just normal for me now. Cool, perfect. Well, and we also had to we moved it around a, a couple of times, and now we ended on a, on a Friday afternoon um, when we record this uh, out of my out of my little home studio, as 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 is the new norm now. Tell me about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. having like these major business meetings, and then like kids in the background knocking on the door. So <laughs> oh, totally. it, it's it's a new norm for everybody, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. You're you're a mom of two, right? So that 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 might that might happen throughout the podcast too. That we have they extra are guests. not they are with they are not here. At the moment so i got a, a moment of peace and quiet so we were we're very lucky otherwise it would be very loud in the background but yes i'm a i'm a single mother of two boys well thank thank you for sharing the peace and quiet time with us <laughs> we do appreciate it. all right so so lisa you were born in michigan uh, with a german name though which is interesting um and you are an award-winning international fashion photographer 
Yet today you run your five-year-old fashion brand Verona Collection, which is the Correct. first, it's the first modest fashion brand to be launched, featured, and sold in an American department store, Macy's to be exact. But now you, you you're also available in ASOS. Um, what does what does modest mean? Many people would, would would ask. And so, for one, I know that your brand is specialized in hijabs and is catering mm -hmm. to Muslims. Tell, tell us, how did your transformation to Islam and this subsequent business come about? Because there's 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 first there's first your personal transformation, and then you saw you saw a need. I'm pretty sure that you fulfilled. Yeah, I mean that is like such a long answer, and it kind of you know goes across of maybe 10 years of my life because you are correct. I do have a German, American <laughs> German, of course, uh, which, and most, you know, American Germans aren't born Muslim, you know, most, uh, just like I was, I was born a Christian. So grew up in a Christian family. Um, but I found Islam and I discovered Islam over the course of 10 years, I should say, because I, I lived in Morocco for a little bit when I was, I took some time off of college and, and traveled and but that's not when I discovered Islam I discovered it later on and when I converted to Islam I found a need for modest clothing it was just so difficult because I then changed my entire wardrobe to adhere to the hijab and when I went out to go shopping for new clothing to cover down to my wrist to cover down to my ankle it was really difficult and so I found a need for millions of Muslims in America uh, and around the world, you know, there's, there's plenty of, you know, there were plenty smaller brands catering, but nothing that was really this massive hijab brand uh, and so, that provided modest clothing. And so myself and my partner, we discovered that this is a huge need. Let's come together and let's launch Verona. Um, but it was, you know, we branded it towards marketing towards Muslim women, right? But it's also a need for many other people that want to dress modestly, but not necessarily for a religious purpose. I think it is so fascinating. I mean, I, I don't know where I read about you um, because you've been, you, you know, you, you had a pretty good press run the last couple of years, but I, I yeah. read about you and I was like, I have to have her on the show because it is so smart. Like For, for me, it's always so important to find a niche and to find something that caters to a really small audience. And that audience, like in your case, could be huge. I mean, it's, it's a really... It really big... is not. The thing is, it's, it's really not a small audience. Like yeah. the modest fashion industry, the, the great thing about this market is it's a niche and, it, and it, it it's not this broad niche, right? But there's so much opportunity. The modest uh, fashion market is expected to be worth $500 billion in just another year or two. So it, you know, we're on the right path, and we're there. There's a huge need for it. And how would you describe modest fashion? Okay, so the t this question, you know, comes up a lot because modesty, even within the Muslim community, is a very broad term because everybody has a different definition of modesty. And the last thing I want to do as a brand or even personally is try to dictate everybody else's modesty level, right? Mm. Because I think that that's a personal choice. And that's something that we like to scream loud and proud that, listen, we are not forcing 
the hijab. We are not forcing to take it off. We want this to be an option and a choice for our customers. So for me personally, I, 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 I wear baggy clothes. I don't wear tight fitting clothes, but I still wear pants sometimes and a long top. I just prefer to wear like long dresses more because I feel more comfortable. But there's a lot of other women that modesty, maybe not even adhering to Islamic standards and show the arms, but wearing looser clothing, Mm -hmm. you know, so everybody has a different definition of it. And I certainly don't want to dictate what my definition is, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And you have, you have a lot of, uh, you have a pretty big product line now, right? How many products do you have? Well, right now we're going through major transitions and in a good way, you know, and just unfortunately the COVID-19 kind of delayed the process a little bit more. Uh, we're in the, we're in the massive like relaunch where we're going to be launching a lot of new products because we took a, a step back and said, you know, Hey, we really have to, you know, focus on a few other things. And we were in the midst of doing a relaunch, which is going to be pushed back about a month or two. Uh, but we do offer, as soon as the relaunch is going to be occurring, we offer so many products. It's going to be mainly long dresses because those are the most difficult products to find. Mm. Long tops, you know, we you might find like a long sleeve top, but in the store, but it goes to like three quarters of the length. Uh, on the arm and that doesn't adhere to Islamic standards. So there's like, yes, there's modest clothing available, but then it doesn't fit a hijabi's need. So then we'll offer long sleeve tops. We'll offer pants that are baggier, even swimwear we offer. And, uh, it, but it covers for hijabi's need. You know, you have your yeah, hijab yeah. and then from top to bottom. So, and then of course the most staple piece is the hijab. So wow. we offer like three to 400 different products of hijab yeah unbelievable that's that's amazing so let's let's go back a little bit to to one of uh which must have been one of your pivotal moments um how did you get your foot into macy's wow okay so uh you know when we first launched okay so i had a goal myself a lot we have a third business partner his name is hassan in the uk you know when a lot and i launched I was like, we decided we really want to get be the first hijab brand in a, an American department store. So I was researching, researching, and the biggest thing that I took away was we have to be successful on our own uh, before we approach anybody, right? So uh, I read you had to sell 10,000 units uh, before they even look at you. We did that. We did that within the first year. Oh, wow. Um, and then I started approaching department stores and it was very difficult to get in Hmm. so then i discovered the workshop at macy's and i was i was thinking this is a really unique way of getting in the door but through the back you know a different route uh and the workshop at macy's is a women and minority uh uh, workshop uh and there were i'm not allowed to say the numbers but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the acceptance rate into the workshop of macy's is harder than harvard and we got accepted as the top 20 wow. uh, to, and we got our, our we, so we had our interview with them and then from there we were like one of 11 that got chosen and we went to new york and we went through the program and while we were in the middle of the program we had an opportunity to sell right in Herald Square at their flagship store uh, in front of all of the Macy's buyers, including the CEO. And we had one day to market that we were going to be there selling. And <laughs> it was like, 
Kajabi overload took over Macy's <laughs> and like so they saw firsthand really that this is not just us providing numbers on a piece of paper and us telling them that this is a need. They saw firsthand how much of a need this was right here in America. That is so cool. So talking about which, um, before my interviews, I always go on a major Google search about my guests, which is actually something I greatly enjoy. And and, and amongst uh, nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about. Um, no, it's okay. But, Hopefully, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty clean, so I shouldn't okay. be too much bad. So. <laughs> but among, amongst the many interesting things, um, I found this one floating around about you, and I so loved it. You were named one of 17 Muslim women who made America great again <laughs> by the, by by the Huffington Post. Post. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the irony of using that copy line is just so great. But congratulations. Congratulations <laughs> on that. And, you know, and, and one would assume that the current president of the United States would have had a major negative effect on your on your brand as hate crimes have been on the rise or, you know, is it is it actually the, the opposite in your brand strives given its message of, of inclusion? I think that when you have this negative messaging out there piece, you know, I believe most people are genuinely good people and they don't want to attach themselves to that type of hate. And so I believe when a message of love comes in front, people are going to attach them to, to that. Because that's, I, I genuinely believe that most people don't want to hate and don't want to, don't want to attach themselves to that type of thinking. So that's why I believe like our messaging will trump anything that that's a little ironic. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even mean to use that word, but it will, uh, I believe that the messaging of love and inclusion and inclusivity will always, you know, win. I love so that. So I, I believe I have a lot of supporters. Let's um let let's hope let's hope that is how 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 life works. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> the work. reality is there is you know people that think like that, and I've experienced myself personally, and many of people I know have experienced it as well. But it's not going to stop me from from pushing out the message of inclusion. Totally, totally. And um, how how was how was the reaction in the store when 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 your line was first in a regular Macy's store and regular shoppers were suddenly exposed to something they're not used to? Well, we launched online first, and then we uh, then we launched in store in De the first in store was in Dearborn. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dearborn, Michigan, yep. but it is the highest concentration of Muslims in America. So the community in Dearborn is already very like uh, is used to the Muslim community. So we really didn't get you know much hate as far as that. But we did get a lot of backlash when it went public online because um, it, it went very public. It, like we were on Fox News mm. twice and like, you know, any like CNN covered us. So and we definitely did receive quite a bit of cheap messages, unfortunately. Well, once you get on Fox News, um, that's yeah. <laughs> so, enough, enough about politics. <laughs> but, um, I mean, but and you know, I'm not even speaking politics. I'm just I telling am. you the network. <laughs> I am okay. So, so um, 
so so tell us a little bit about the name Verona, because authenticity and empowerment are both so important to you. Verona means origin and truth, right? Is is that where it came from, or is there a different? Well, story? I well, it actually doesn't even go that deep. So I, when I thought about it, uh, one, I looked at it just from a business aspect. I needed a name that was easy to read, easy to spell, easy to remember, and very crisp and clean when you when you put out the logo. So that's on the business end of things. Uh, but on the, on the other side, one, my favorite fashion comes originates from Italy, so it's an Italian name. Uh, and then another point of it was is that we always attach Islamic things and, and Muslim attire to the Middle East. But being a Muslim is not an ethnicity, it's not a race, it's not a region, it's a religion that is the, one of the most diverse religion in the entire world. And so a Muslim can be Italian, a Muslim can have Western origins, and we just don't think of it like that. So this brand was for, you know, it's uh, obviously for everybody, we, we want to be inclusive, but it is targeting the Muslim community within Western countries. So the name just fit for us. And and I like it because it's also your personal story, right? In in a way, mm-hmm. you know, which it which it encompasses uh, encompasses, which is which is great. Um, so so branding for for many means the perfect logo and the stunning website. And while this is extremely helpful and and very important for a lot of brands, for for me the foundation and the pinnacle of branding is that perfect positioning. And we talked about it a little bit because you carved out a wonderful niche for yourself that you can own and personally and empathetically and authentically nurture with your audience. What does mm-hmm. branding mean to you now that you have half a decade of, of brand building experience? What does, what does branding, branding in, in the word? Yeah. It's, it, it is messaging. It's what are you standing for as a brand and what are you telling your customer? And these are conversations that we've had uh, within our company, you know, more seriously. And, I, we've had very strong conversations. We need to not be not be afraid to be loud and proud of, of being Muslim. And so it's the messaging that we're putting out there. Uh, that to me is the biggest strength in branding. I love that because so many people forget that. And I have, yeah. you know, I, I see a lot of brands where it's really, it's, it's, it's really not about the branding part of it. It's really about that boldness and, 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 and authenticity. And that alone is, is enough for a brand, for, for any company to turn into a brand, right? Meaning there are tons of followers, people love it, people start talking about it, um, word of mouth, um, et cetera, et cetera. That's, it's really, really if, good. If a brand tries to play middle ground and everything, they're going to hit nobody. So they, a brand needs to not be afraid to like be loud and outspoken about who they are and what they believe in. And that's just going to speak to your customer base. So that's my biggest, my biggest point is that, you know, when you're trying to create this company, like people just try to serve everybody and that doesn't work. And everyone, and they try to market to everybody. It doesn't work. You have to really be specific in who you are, what you believe in, what your core values are, and how you speak to your customers. 
Absolutely agree. If you speak to everyone, no one will listen, right? And exactly. listening is so important for a brand. How did you, talking about listening, how did you in the beginning um, do your product uh, product research? Like, you know, did you have focus groups? Um, you know, obviously, you, you know, you, you're in a community, so you have them at your at your fingertips. Um, how, how did you how did you use any, any data in the beginning? Or how, how did you how did you start the entire production of it? Well, the great thing about when I launched Verona with Alat is that I had already been working within the modest fashion industry for years, and it was like an industry that barely existed in the U.S. And so I was already learning from companies that I worked with over. I had been flown to like Dubai to, to do photo shoots for companies over there. I worked with companies in Saudi Arabia. They would send us products. And then I also am very involved in the community here in the U.S., like very involved. I'm in organizations left, right, and center. And so, and I had already known all of the modest fashion bloggers. So I was up to date with a lot of the trends and still up to date with them. Uh, so the biggest thing as far as, you know, when we launched, we, we were the customer and still are. But we also are getting firsthand knowledge from fashion bloggers, from companies and what they're releasing. And, and we just try to stay ahead of the game. So, so when we launched, like we already had a very good, you know, handle as to what was needed uh, and what would sell out. And we sold out when we, when we first launched, we sold out of our products in a week and a half. That's amazing. That's amazing. And there's, it's not like you're the only one doing it, right? You do have no. actual competitors. We do, yeah, and I'm, I, I I know many of them personally. So, uh, and there's great brands out there. Which is, it's good. It's healthy to have competitors. It's a good thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I, from like a, a like you know a religious standpoint, you know, being a Muslim, you know, I, I I believe that God has enough blessings to to get to everybody. So I don't see competition as this negative thing like people do. I'm very competitive by nature, right? But I also get excited when other people win. I don't ever want to be a brand that's not supportive of other, you know, especially women-owned brands. Like, I'm, I'm like, crossing for them. So I'm somebody that wants to see them succeed as well. You know, I had more women on this podcast uh, than guys so far, um, than male. It's, <laughs> Bravo to it, you. <laughs> it's pretty, no, it's pretty amazing because, you know, in the beginning, there were a lot of guy founders and, and I started to be very aware of that. And I'm like, God, I really need to seek out female founders. And now mm -hmm. it's totally not like that. I don't seek out anyone. I just seek out great brands. And I don't, you know, sometimes yeah. I don't even know who the founder is and if they're male or female or whatever. Right. Um, but it is so, so nice um, to talk to so so many amazing female founders. Many of them, you know, are, are single mothers and have kids, and and you know, mm -hmm. and, and and life is, you know, life is difficult as it is, right? Um, but, right. but to have that strength to create these brands and to be able to still connect with your audience and to keep um, to keep pushing forwards with new products and new ideas, um, bravo! It's really amazing, and I'm so I'm I'm so thrilled to be able to have people like you on on the show, and uh, Thank uh, you know, you. it's it provides it's me with a lot of joy too. So. Um, um, but but let's flip this around from the positive to the negative. Was there any brand fail that you went through where in the beginning you did something too fast or you did something and you just suddenly you realized, and I asked it not to put you on the spot, but for others to learn. Um, was there anything that you felt like, you know, you, you just you just massively messed up um, from, from a brand perspective um, and you, you learned from it and, and you would want others to learn from it too? 
Yeah, I think, you know, when we got our foot in the door with Macy's and then ASOS, there is an element of you can grow too fast. And so I think it's okay to say, I am not ready to take on this opportunity. We need to make sure that we have, you know, our rock solid base in place before we take on another major contract. And so that's the biggest, you know, learning and hiccup that we had as a company is that we grew too fast. And so then we started our, you know, online platform, Softberg, because when we entered into Macy's and ASOS and we didn't have the financial capital to back everything so much because, you know, these orders are not cheap and you have to process the orders and then they pay 90 days later and, you know, like, or whatever their terms are, you know, so in dealing with these major brand, you know, major department stores, you have to make sure that you have the financial resources to uh, take on such a big contract. And so uh, when we are, when we did that, you know, our online platform suffered and that's why we are in the midst of doing this massive relaunch. Uh, and so that's one piece of advice for, you know, anybody else, you know, it's okay to say no to opportunities if you are not ready. Absolutely. I, I hear that over and over too. Um, because, because saying yes is so exciting as a new brand, right? I mean, it's like, that's all yeah, you want. Exactly. Any opportunity yeah. is a great opportunity because you had no opportunity in the very beginning. And then suddenly it's just, I mean, with you, it seems like things have been progressing very, very quickly from right. the get go, but for a lot of others, that's not the case. Um, right. how does uh, talking about, you know, uh, you know, net 90 orders and all of that, how does COVID-19 affect you as a brand right now? It affected us massively, and I, I'm not going to beat around the bush because I'm not somebody that likes to just paint this rosy picture 24-7. I like to keep it real 100%. You know, we had factories in Turkey that had to shut down for a moment, you know, and I had products ready to be shipped, you know, and then all of a sudden this happened. So uh, I think the biggest thing as a business owner is you have to learn to roll with the punches and just get creative when when problems occur because if you think running a business is going to be rosy 24 7 then you are <laughs> setting yourself up for failure <laughs> so this is just something that we had to learn how to navigate and that's what we're doing and things are opening back up and we're going to be having some shipments coming soon and we're excited for what's what's to come so that's great. That's good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you're hanging in there. Um, you mentioned that uh, that you have uh, some of your product manufactured in Turkey. How how important is it for you as a brand to 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 create? You know where you actually have your product manufactured because it seems like a very logical um, a logical place for you to do that. Yeah, so we really like to make sure that we're working with ethical factories no matter where we're working um, because obviously we're not going to be a brand that's out promoting. You know. X, Y, and Z, uh, and then do the opposite behind closed doors. If we're, you know, ethics is very and very important to us, whether it's behind closed doors or, or whether it's the messaging that we're putting out there. And does your messaging change? Like, do you change your messaging with ASOS, for instance, which ASOS and Macy's are so different, right? Like the, the type of person that that, that goes right. to those kind of uh, places and, and that uh, supports those kind of brands. Do you, do, you, do you, you know, change it ever so slightly or do you really have your rule book and you just go with it? Well, I feel like, you know, when we, you know, when we launched, you know, we, we did tone it down a little bit. And that's why we've been having, uh, you know, some meetings and saying we cannot run away from who we are. We need to be loud and proud being that we're in your face Muslim. And that's okay. It's not, that does not mean we're 
excluding everybody. It's just saying that we are proud to be who we are. And so we're going to be, you know, in the next coming months, we're going to be more outspoken about this. Yes, we are a Muslim run brand by Muslim women. And so going back to our roots uh, with our relaunch. And so I would say it got toned down a little bit, um, but we're reviving that. More power to you. That's great. I love to hear that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely, definitely the direction to go. Um, if you could, if you could describe your brand, and this is funny because I, you know, I usually send my my guests um, a couple of notes prior so that they can look at a couple of questions and familiarize themselves a little bit with it. I think that's something that everyone should know and everyone knows because that's just professional courtesy. But you okay. immediately said, "I'm not going to read those," <laughs> and I, th I think it's it says so much about your authenticity and just like, no, I'm I'm just going to to either answer them well or not answer them or whatever. Just yeah. you know, just just you know. And so uh, one of the questions is about about uh, about your brand DNA, and I, I give my I give my founder guests a little bit of a heads up because I, I really try to figure out if you can if you can describe your brand in one word, right? One word, um, what would it be? And so it's you know. Yeah, like, now I'm regretting that I didn't think no, of this. No, no, no. I give you I give you a little bit of time to think. So you know, it's like you know, like you know, you would think of Coca Cola, and it might be happiness. You would think of Evelyn, and it might be transparency. And I mean, there are so many words that have already been floating okay, around. Okay, so then I will. Yeah. I will. I will then. We'll talk about it in a sense of exactly how I said I wouldn't. I don't want to know questions before an interview because I want to keep it real. That's the one thing I always say. So I would say genuine. That's going to be my answer because to me, whether it's being a person, uh, whether I'm doing an interview, whether it's my business, whether it's the advocacy work that I do, I always want to be authentic and real. So genuine is the word I would go with. There you go. You have it. <laughs> that is that is Verona Collections brand DNA from now on. So this is uh, yeah. this is what you would have to tell your employees in the next meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you if if you could do it all over again, like what are what are what are some what are some lessons um, that that you learned, or one lesson that you learned um, that 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 you know of brand advice that you could give other founders as a takeaway. A brand advice or just company advice? Uh, I, I think if we're going back to branding, you know, I, I feel like you have to really know who you are and know your customer base. I mean, that's the most important and the most obvious answer. I feel like people jump into this because of great business idea, but then they don't truly know the customer. And so that's the most important thing uh, because you have to learn how to speak to your customer, where they're shopping, you know, what they're... Uh, what kind of advertising to go towards. So it's really about knowing your customer and who they are and what their needs are. Absolutely. Um, listeners who fell in love with your brand, um, now that we're coming slowly to a close here, um, where can they find you on or offline? So uh, as far as Instagram and Facebook, it's just Verona Collection, one word. Our website is verona-collection.com. And then me personally, uh, my Instagram is Lisa M. Vogel, V-O-G-L-O-E. <laughs> so that's my personal Instagram. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Listen, Lisa, this was this was really, really delightful. Um, I, I love the story. I love what you're doing. Uh, but most importantly, I love how you're doing it. Um, Thank you. 
Thank you for, for, for the time. Maybe we give you back a little bit more quiet time today, which I'm sure you... Back to emails and calls and <laughs> work never ends. There yeah. you go. Well, hang in there with, uh, with COVID-19. Stay safe um, and, and stay you successful too. and stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lisa Vogel of Verona Collection, going deep into a niche, being bold and authentic and sharing an immense amount of smart branding insights with us in a very short time. And this is precisely why I love bringing this show to you every two weeks. We're sponsor-free and I hope we will be able to become 100% community-supported soon. If you enjoy the podcast frequently, and if you gain great knowledge from it, please become a sustaining member at patreon.com slash hitting the mark. The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.